why size matters, market size that is, when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll talk about it here today on Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you and welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. I am your host, Tony Wiggins. Riding solo today, my man James Rapine is on vacation. Enjoy himself. He says he had to get a tan before the start of season. You know, I've never had to go anywhere and get a tan. I just had to avoid getting burnt in the sun. But I won't burn you guys today and burn your ears up with bad talk. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be forthright with you guys here on Locked On NFL. You know, when your parents are away, you jump up and down on the bed. I'm going to jump up and down on the bed a little bit, and I'm going to talk about something that's near and dear to us here in Jacksonville, and that is the Hall of Fame because Tony Baselli is going to be the first Jaguar uh, inducted or enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so we'll discuss that. We're going to mention other players from other markets, though, because it's only fair – that we spread it around i'm going to name some guys and give you some statistical information that will allow you to either agree or disagree with me whether or not the hall of fame picks and chooses who they want to get in based on market size and i'm going to put that more in the media than i am anywhere else because there are some fans uh that feel like they've got some guys that have been frozen out also i want to discuss the fact that players i heard Deion sanders the prime the goat cornerback say that the Hall of Fame is now becoming the Hall of Very Good. He said that on one of the podcasts, and we'll discuss that. Also, I got to talk about my man, Asante Samuel Sr. Oh, I'm going to mention the fact that he said he was better than Jalen Ramsey. He said he was better than Champ Bailey. I'm going to give my thought on why it doesn't bother me that guys, these alphas, talk that way because I'm used to it my entire life. First and foremost, let's get to the Hall of Fame. Tony Baselli after playing five years in Jacksonville at a very high level, probably the best in the league, uh, is going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's going to be enshrined, and he's going to be the first member of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization um, to do so. I think think it's worth it. I do. When you think back to Terrell Davis, the great Denver Bronco running back, and guys like Dwight Stevenson, they did not play a long time, but when they were in the league, they were Hall of Fame players. And I think bringing up the the fact that the injuries derailed the career should not eliminate someone from being considered for Hall of Fame consideration. And I'm saying that from a totally unbiased uh, point of view. He was absolutely, when there were other greats, he played around other greats. Most people want to bring up the fact that he had this great dominant game against Bruce Smith. If I'm Bruce Smith, I get a little hot with that too, uh, as he seemed to, because you don't get into the Hall of Fame based on one game. Bruce Smith mentioned a lot of guys that had great games. Richmond Webb. There are a lot of Dolphin fans that believe Richmond Webb should be in, and he is not. Uh, there are, you know, Hall of Famers get beat up on all the time. Trust me, I've seen it, and I can go down the line of guys that had bad games against some all-time or, you know, had great games against some all-time greats that aren't in the Hall of Fame. And some Hall of Fame greats and all-time greats that had poor games against other people, but those guys didn't get in. But 
the thing about Baselli making it to the Hall of Fame more than anything is the fact that in, in a time when they had Jonathan Ogden and Willie Rofe and Orlando Pace, all first ballot guys, Tony was in the league with him and was considered better. Most of them, I don't think Ogden said it, but I do I do know I heard Willie Rose say he was bad. He was Tony was the guy that everyone looked at. I think Orlando Pace came out and said some of the same things. And by the way, Tony had good games against Jason Taylor, too. And he had good games against other people. And for the record, he told me he's not as good as Walter Jones. This is after he was retired. And he also told me the toughest player he ever played against was John Randall. So there were a lot of things that now he might change that since then. He might have reflected differently, but that's what he told me. So I'm just sharing that with you guys. There were some other players. I'm going to mention two guys in the Jaguars organization before we get to the bigger point of what hurt them by not getting in with Baselli. It wasn't just the injuries. I think it was market size because you can't look at Fred Taylor's stats and tell me that a guy who is he, he's the highest ranked guy. He has more yards than anybody who's not in the Hall of Fame as a running back. Fred, when I tell you he averaged 4.6 yards of carries for his career, you'd be like, okay, but you can – that might be misconstrued. Maybe he had a couple of big years, and, and then he just had some bad years, and that, that's how it averaged out. What if I tell you he did it eight times in eight different seasons? Fred Taylor on the Pivot Podcast with Ryan Clark and Channing Crowder. That Fred Taylor. 6'1", 230 pounds. I'll say ran a 4'3", but I could have swore sometimes I saw him running. He was a sub 4'3 guy. Big, fast, strong, could catch, could run, and he got co-signed by uh, – as a, he didn't need it, but you listen to Deion Sanders and Ed Reed and and, Mar, and uh, Warren Sapp and guys like that talk about Fred Taylor and Derek Brooks. They'll tell you he's a dog and he should have been in the Hall of Fame. I think that should carry some weight. I think the fact that the Jaguars didn't win very much, they went to two AFC championship games, but then after that, they did not win very much. I think that hurts them. I don't think it should. And the reason why I don't think it should, because the Hall of Fame is an individual award, right? It should not hurt them. I think media coverage, whether it be local media or whatever, Sometimes we don't do a good job because I know you have to sort of be subjective when it comes to this stuff and winning and losing is the biggest thing that, that gives you something to talk or write about. And because there wasn't a lot of national appeal on the run, I don't care if it wasn't a lot of national appeal. I know about other players. I'm a, I cover the Jaguars and I'm sitting here doing locked on NFL. I can tell you right now, Alvin Kamara is a great player. I can tell you Jonathan Taylor. I don't have to be in those cities to tell you that they're great players. So sometimes, too, I think people that vote for these things need to sort of think about the way that they're voting. I'm going to bring up another guy from Jacksonville before I move on to everyone else. Jimmy Smith. Do you realize Jimmy Smith has 10 1,000-yard receiving years? 10. Most people would not know that. Yeah, that Jimmy Smith. 6'2", 205, 210 pounds, ran a 4'4", and would absolutely cook any corner in the NFL. You want to talk about one game? Yeah, that Baltimore Ravens defense that everyone brags about all the time. Jimmy went up there and got over 300 yards catching on those guys. Jimmy Smith is another dude who should be in the Hall of Fame. Won't get a sniff. At least not right now. I don't know he had some off the field stuff, but that doesn't that, that hasn't stopped other people from getting in. But it's because of market size and lack of winning 
And those are the things sometimes that bothers me and makes me feel like sometimes players should have a bigger say and Hall of Fame players should have a bigger say in who gets in more than media. This is why if you ever follow me or listen to me on any other show or whether it be radio or pop, I am big, or especially if you follow me on Twitter at Shop Talking Wig, I am big on telling the truth about guys and not making things personal and telling the truth about their career. Because one thing about a lie now, if unchecked, it'll grow and that lie will turn into the truth and reality the further you get away from the time period that you're talking about. So those are three Jaguar guys. I'm going to satisfy some fans from around the league and I'm going to name some other players and we'll talk about Asante Samuel going on the I Am Athlete podcast and saying he's better than Champ Bailey. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why I ain't got no problem with it. All right. I'm going to do all of that stuff. In just a second here on Locked On NFL, after I tell you about BetOnline.net, it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news every league, every major league, baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, even if they're not playing right now, they got news. Trust me, it's a 12-year, 12-month news cycle, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. And you guys start here with us on Locked On NFL, making us your first listener. We are eternally grateful and we appreciate We're going to remind you that. We're free on all platforms. So check us out on the YouTube page or wherever you get your podcast. And if you do that right now, you're going to see that BetOnline has a top 50 MVP guys. Guys, we're going to move. The, the people at BetOnline said they, these are the guys that are going to move and shake. And I'm sure uh, for the most part, your team is represented on the list. So make sure you find that on our YouTube page, on our Locked On NFL podcast page as well we're talking about guys that should be in the hall of fame and why market size really does matter there are a couple of situations where market size it made you scratch your head a little bit so we'll talk about market size and we'll talk about winning as far as moments go joe namath should be in the hall of fame because he was talented as hell and because of the moment you remember the prediction and them winning the the super bowl and it was in new york but when you look back at his stats and stats can really fool you because stats will go, this is what the young people do. And it drives me crazy. Stats will go, he's trash. No, he's not. It was a different league. It was a different league. The league was made up of running and you couldn't really, you almost had to be there. And as bad as I don't want to beat the guy that says you had to be there. Well, <laughs> you kind of had to be there to, to really understand and, and know exactly what these moments actually did mean Terry Bradshaw's number, even though he won four Super Bowls, and that's hard to say, even though you, you can't put even though he won four Super Bowls because uh, that's the point he won four Super Bowls. But when you look back at his numbers, they look rather pedestrian. I had a, a younger a person tell me that I, I, well, I saw it on Twitter, I said Troy Aikman was trash, and I almost lost my mind because I grew up a fan of the Washington football team, and Troy Aikman was any and everything except trash. Wasn't going to have big numbers when you got a running back that ran for 18,000 yards and is the all-time leading rusher. I'm just saying, that's just not the way things are set up. It ain't like you was going to be the top, one of the top five passers of all time if your running back is 
the number one running back of all time, and it ain't close for second place. It's kind of like the 49ers. They have the number one receiver of all time. They don't have a whole bunch of running backs in the top 15, top 20. It happens by design, and it happens like that for a reason. When I mentioned Fred Taylor earlier, you got to ask a guy like LaDainian Tomlinson, who says he woke up every day to look at Fred Taylor's stats, and he modeled his game after him. So sometimes you did have to be there. I'm going to give you an example of a, 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 another position. So Ray Lewis has 2,059 tackles, three interceptions, 20 fumble recoveries, which is amazing, and one of those for a touchdown. And he's a two-time champion, right? Deserved. One of the greatest football players of all time. I know he's he's listed as the greatest Mike linebacker of all time. Probably the second best linebacker of all time with Lawrence Taylor right in front of him, even though he played at Ed's sort of defensive end position. What if I told you there were guys who had similar stats without the winning, but if you talk to football people, those football people would tell you that those guys had a Hall of Fame career. We're just not going to use the numbers to justify it. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to bring the numbers up because the numbers do represent production, right? And they aren't in relatively small markets. It's not New York or it's not a traditional East Coast market. But Miami and Atlanta are pretty good markets, right? In terms of football. And I got to tell you, it's a little bit disappointing when you think about it. One of them has a kid playing in the league right now. He played for the team that he played for. I'm going to bring up Jesse Tuggle. Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle, who also might be getting Hall of Fame consideration, is Jesse Tuggle's son. And much like his dad, he plays on a bunch of teams. He had a team here, a team there that's won. But for the most part, he hasn't won very much. But Grady Jarrett does get the credit that he deserves. Go back and ask any Falcon back in the day, maybe even including Deion Sanders or anyone that knows anything about football in the 80s and early 90s and ask how good Jesse Tuggle was. But Jesse Tuggle doesn't look like a guy that's going to get to the Hall of Fame maybe unless he gets in at a later date. But Jesse Tuggle started 209 games. Well, he played 209 games. He started 189 games in the NFL. Jesse Tucker has 1,805 total tackles. Now, Ray Lewis has 2,059. Ray Lewis has more. Ray Lewis is the GOAT, right? Jesse Tucker has six interceptions, one for TD, and 10 fumble recoveries. And he played like forever. Jesse Tucker was a real good football player, and, and nobody, especially the new, the, the, the new generation, the guys that have been born in the last 25, 30 years, no one would, would get behind them, and most of them don't have votes. But a lot of people that's in the Hall of Fame do have votes. Ask anyone who's a Saints fan or someone who's a fan of a team that was rivals with Atlanta, and they'll tell you how good Jesse Tuggle is. You want to know kind of how good Jesse Tuggle is? He's Demario Davis and do it for like 12 years in a row. That's how good he was. I'm going to give you another name real quick. How about Zach Thomas, who played in Miami? Now, you know Zach. Zach and Jason Taylor were Jimmy Johnson drafted guys who played in Miami. Jason Taylor got into the Hall of Fame. And, you know, the guys that get the sacks, they get all of the attention. Zach Thomas played in 184 games, and he started 182 games. He has 1,734 tackles, a little bit behind Tuggle. But 1,100 of them were solo tackles. He has 17 interceptions with four of them going back for touchdowns and eight fumble recoveries. 
Now, you compare those numbers to Ray Lewis, 2059, three interceptions and 20 fumble recoveries. I'm not saying anybody's better than Ray Lewis, but I'm telling you that Ray Lewis is the standard bearer. No one's going to be better than him at Mike Linebacker, right? We agree. But Ray Lewis has 2059 tackles. Jesse Tucker has 1805. Zach Thomas has 1734. He only did, it was only two games in his career that he didn't start. He played in 184. He started in 182. 1734 tackles, 17 picks, four of them returned for touchdowns and eight fumble recoveries. I'm just trying to tell you something, man. Even if you just use just the numbers, you got to think that Zach Thomas should be considered for the Hall of Fame, right? Now, Let's go back and ask people who played the game or watched the game at that time, and you tell me that he wasn't as good as Bobby Wagner is right now. And that's no slight against Bobby Wagner because I think Bobby Wagner is also a guy who should be in the Hall of Fame. But to me, when I think about the kind of guy that Zach Thomas was, that's it. He's Bobby Wagner-like. And he was Bobby Wagner-like for about a dozen years in the NFL. But for some reason... Folks don't think he's a Hall of Famer. So here's what, here's a little, little caveat. And this is going to go bold well for Fred, Jimmy, and Tony. This is this will connect all of those. And then we're going to talk about Asante Samby in just a second. When you say, well, the numbers don't quite add up and no one knew who they were. Okay, so if Zach Thomas doesn't get in because of his athletic profile, because he's like 5'11", 220 pounds, and probably ran a 4'7", and you're going to, look at that and say, well, he was just an overachiever. Then we have to look at the athletic profile of the other guys. Tony Baselli was six foot seven, 323 pounds. And I hear rumors that he ran a four, eight forty. Fred Taylor was six, one, 230 pounds. And I'm going to say he ran a four, three, but I think he was actually faster than that. Jimmy Smith was six, one and a half, six, two, 210 pounds and could light you up one-on-one -on -one and could run like the wind, especially when the ball was in the air. So if you're not going to use stats, you're just going to use athletic profile those guys should still be in the Hall of Fame. All of them. I'm going to tell you about a guy who also says he should be in the Hall of Fame. Not only should he be in the Hall of Fame, but he says he's better than other Hall of Famers. I don't totally disagree about the fact that Asante Samuel should be in the Hall of Fame. I just think Asante Samuel had a weird way of getting there to the point where he was trying to explain why, and I'll discuss all of that here. Our third and final segment on Locked On Jaguar. Our third and final segment on Locked On NFL. All right, we're rolling along here on Locked On NFL. James Rapine is out on vacation today. I'm Tony Wiggins. Doing some Hall of Fame talk for you real quick and trying to figure out how can we can start re reorganizing or re uh, figure out. Let me let me put this, let me give you a word. Refigure out how we're going to start putting people in the hall of fame so check this out man asante samuel was on a podcast the i am athlete podcast and he's making this case for himself where he has over 50 interceptions he's also a champion he's been to pro bowl after pro bowl after pro bowl he was making a case for himself saying why he was better than a lot of guys and how he should be considered better i guess jalen ramsey because jalen ramsey was tweeting out recently uh in six years his statistics versus anyone in six years and says who's done that stuff 
I guess Asante might have saw that, and he told Pac-Man and other people. By the way, Pac-Man said Steve Smith wasn't any good. I totally dis. He didn't say he wasn't any good. He said he wasn't an elite receiver. I totally disagree with that. In fact, I f- I'm gonna get back to Asante Man. I found a video somewhere of Steve Smith mushing Pac-Man and throwing him like two yards. So maybe Pac-Man's just upset that Steve Smith kind of mushed him while he was scoring a touchdown on him. But in in any event, Asante basically said Jalen Ramsey's numbers don't stack stack up and everybody says he's betting all of these guys are media driven. He said he was better than Champ Bailey. He says, go watch his tape and watch Champ's tape. Look at his numbers. Look at Champ's numbers. See who gave up the most catches and see who didn't. Look, I have no problem with these dudes talking like this. One, because I'm used to it. When you've been around uh, these alpha athletes and been in barbershops and and even when I was in the military, this, this, guys are driven, they're testosterone driven, and they really do think they're the best. You get used to folks speaking and talking this way, and it doesn't really bother me. Asante has lost his mind when it comes to Champ Bailey, though. And some people might think that this is totally irrelevant, but Champ Bailey when he was 12 years old, was the best player in the county, and that included high school players up in Waycross, Georgia. Champ Bailey is a re- the real, real deal. So I'll tell you a story, too, that when Champ Bailey got traded from Denver to Washington for, uh, you know, before he got traded for, to Denver from Washington, before the Clinton Porters deal, Champ Bailey was a rookie. There's another Hall of Fame cornerback that was there by the name of Daryl Green. And they raced and Daryl Green beat him when Daryl Green was like 35 years old. That's not a slight at Champ Bailey, who was a guy who ran a 4-4. Some people say a 4-3. That's a attaboy and a kudos to Daryl Green. And I'm trying to tell a lot of these young cats how good of an athlete he was. Daryl Green, when he was 50 years old, ran a 4-5-40. So y'all can stop with all of this looking back, thinking that these dudes weren't as athletic and weren't as fast as the people today. The record books suggest otherwise. But getting back to Asante Samuel, I have no problem with Asante Samuel saying how good he is. And Jalen Ramsey kind of said some things back, but not really directly, because I know Jalen has a relationship with Asante Samuel Jr., who also went to Florida State. They weren't teammates, but they share the fact that they both went to the same school. And I think Jalen was going to be uh, politically correct, and he's never that. But it just goes to show you how players think differently from people in the media. I also think Asante Samuel is a Hall of Famer because numbers don't lie. Performances don't lie. And I'll go back and I'll tell you why moments and market matter. Now he was in New England and then he was in Philly or vice versa, one way or another. Moments matter. I will tell you this. When the Patriots were going for the undefeated season and the Giants had that ball on the last drive prior to Eli Manning throwing that ball to David Tyree, Eli Manning threw an out pass. The out pass hit Asante Samuel right in the, and if Asante Samuel catches the ball, he hit him right in the hands. If he catches that ball, He is still running on the way to the end zone. The Patriots go undefeated. Asante Samuel has his quote-unquote moment to go along with the rest of his statistics. And Asante Samuel is likely a first ballot Hall of Famer. He shouldn't need that moment. No one's holding it against him that he dropped the pass 
But had he caught the ball in that scenario and you would have had an undefeated Patriots team who wins the Super Bowl, Randy Moss would have gotten a ring. Brady and Belichick would have even more championships. And Asante Samuel could have ended the game and had that moment. And the David Tyree moment that everybody talks about never would have happened. No player is one play away from the Hall of Fame. And it should not matter, but in this case it does. That's why I do believe in closing, I'm going to tell you that I think more people, more people who are in the Hall of Fame and who play the game should have a bigger uh, portion of the voting percentage than folks in the media. And I'm a member of the media. I know earlier I said it was locked on Jaguars. My apologies. I'm looking at that flag behind me because I'm in one of my other studios, but it's locked on NFL. James Rapine will be returning next week. You can catch locked on NFL every other day, Monday through Friday, right here on the locked on podcast network, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you like, and subscribe on YouTube as well and make us your first listen of the day until next week where my buddy comes back this is tony wiggins with the hall of fame talk and hall of fame edition and thank you for indulging me while i spoke about my jacksonville jaguars today on locked on nfl you guys take care and take care of each other until next week and make sure you tune in tomorrow here on locked on nfl